The action was fast and furious as the legal tampering period began Monday, now into Tuesday. What are the biggest signings, our favorite, least favorite signings? A couple of teams really on opposite ends of the spectrum. And of course, we've got to talk about quarterback movement and potential quarterback movement heating up coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Thanks for making us your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, it's a big day in the NFL. So much news, Matt. We're not going to be able to get to every signing in every team, but I think there might be little nuggets on just about every single team in the NFL. I think big ones are Chargers, Jaguars that we've got to get into. Two very different, I think, uh, feelings about their haul on the first, you know, and and really pre-free agency as well as this tampering gets going here for a bunch of teams. And uh, Mitch Trubisky, got to get your thoughts on that one. But my big takeaway from day one of the tampering period and into day two now of tampering on Tuesday, there's maybe, I can count the deals I like on one hand. There's a a lot of bad (laughs) money. There's a lot of bad money thrown out there. Maybe because the cap's going up next year a lot and teams know and there's a a market correction and we, we sort of, things were muted last year because of the salary cap going down. But man, uh, there there was just some bad deals that are just there's zero chance some of these guys see the end of these contracts. Exactly, uh, my same thoughts are okay. It's a fine free agent class. There's a lot of free agents this year. There's a lot of money to go around, especially compared to last year. But it it kind of feels like um, Paris Hilton didn't get to spend last year, so now she's out and about and buying everything left and right. You know, like daddy's credit cards didn't work for one year and now now you can just go get anything you want and man i know we're to talk jags but i look at them and think i know it's a new group but haven't they learned from doing this every year and then cutting the guys two years later that this isn't the best way to build team but i also think in a way in a big picture we should look at this kind of like you mentioned of the league is very healthy. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're, yeah. the, the cap is going to be very robust next year, and there's a lot of money in this league, and I think it's pretty healthy. It is pretty darn healthy. Uh, obviously, the quarterbacks make the biggest money. Uh, there's no huge names on the quarterback market and free agency. Most of that stuff's happening in the trade market. Uh, I, I think the Deshaun Watson stuff is fascinating because we knew that the Saints and the Panthers were going to meet with Deshaun Watson. And there was a report that there were other teams. And I thought, eh, that sounds like the agent. Yeah, I don't know if there's right, actually right. other teams. But, Matt, now there's more and more reports the Cleveland Browns are going to, and we talked about this yesterday. Is there is there potentially something that could be done with Baker Mayfield in the trade market? And the Browns are going to meet with Deshaun Watson. And now the report today is that the Atlanta Falcons might be a player for Deshaun Watson, which is extremely interesting, meaning that that would mean Matt Ryan would have to go somewhere else. And is that the domino that makes this whole thing go with Matt Ryan, say, to the Colts or something like that? I would that? say the Colts, yeah, yeah. I, who's to say, I mean, I've heard so, I mean, we all have, I've heard so much Deshaun Watson news in this last week. I mean, Steelers, Seahawks, Eagles. I mean, all these teams that aren't in it anymore, supposedly 
it, there's probably been a dozen teams associated with them. I mean, is, is Watson's agent just a master marketer and has the whole world believing that? And it really is only one team or two teams. Cause I keep coming back to the thought that he kind of controls where he goes. I mean, he doesn't have to approve a trade to anybody. If there's a team that he prefers, he can really play hardball with his former team that he doesn't care if he hurts their feelings. You know, I mean, um, I would think Cleveland would be appealing to him. I would think Atlanta would not be. I, I don't know the Carolina where they're at. And, you know, I think they need a lot. I, I think the Saints would be appealing. But, it's, I mean, he's a Southern guy. I don't think it's an accident that the NFC South is the ones courting him like crazy that don't have Brady. We got breaking Uh-oh. news. We got breaking news here. <laughs> Here's oh, the fun one. We haven't had one of these in a while. A turn of events. Randy Gregory. It was announced that he was going to sign with the Dallas Cowboys. Five years, $70 million. Vic Lombardi is now reporting that Randy Gregory has changed his mind, is now planning to sign with the Denver Broncos. Okay. Okay. Um Not the most earth-shattering news, but he's a really good player coming off a really good year. He's had a troubled past. My initial thought on that is maybe Von Miller is not going to be a Bronco. Exactly. First thing I thought of. Von Miller was talking about if he was going to get his old old locker back on social media. And so maybe that's not going to happen now. Yeah, that's my initial take. Uh, That seems pretty logical. Um, Wow, okay. Uh, Makes some sense. Uh, Dallas... I don't want to think of Dallas because I think they're clearly going to have a lesser roster than they did last year, but they're probably still the best team in their division. You know, I mean, it's an odd situation with them. There's a lot of odd situations going on around in, uh, in the NFL. I want to continue this conversation with quarterbacks before we get to the chargers, the Jaguars, and some of our other favorite and least favorite signings in this free agent period. Uh, more of the latter than the former, in my opinion, on day one. Let's see if some better deals, and I think I'm already seeing some better bargains coming in on, on day two of the tampering period from some of the numbers yeah, I'm yeah. seeing. And I, and I like one of the moves the Pittsburgh Steelers made. The move I do not like that the Pittsburgh Steelers made, Matt, is Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, we're going to fight on this one a little bit. Are I'm we? not just defending my home team. Ah, okay. This anyone is... that listens to Steelers Nation Radio and has you know, heard me over this, this whole time and talking quarterbacks like crazy... I was in the camp of, I'm going to go Winston or Trubisky. You know, those were the two names I wanted to deal with. For, and here's my logic, is I don't see an ideal situation. I don't think the Steelers could put a, a package together for a Watson, Wilson, Rodgers never moved. And I didn't want to spend draft picks and uh, free, you know, cap space on mediocre to slightly above Kirk Cousins, Jimmy level, you know? So I was, I I was interested in Winston to a much lesser degree, Mariota and certainly Trubisky because I look at it like this, like you're going to sign this guy to a pretty cheap deal, which they did. There's obvious ability there. And if Malik Willis is there at 20, you still take him. If Ritter or Howe was there in the second round, you still take him, but you might you might, and this is where people are going to say, Williamson, you're a homer, you're crazy. You might catch <laughs> lightning in a bottle with one of those three picks, guys that were drafted in the top two overall, and they live up to their talent. Like, Bridgewater's 
book is written. You know, like if they would have signed Bridgewater, I'd be like, oh boy. I mean, now we're just, you know, dealing with mediocrity. I'm not saying Trubisky's going to be a superstar, but there's a chance. There's a chance that you get lightning in a bottle and it doesn't preclude you from drafting one. I probably, I don't think they will, gun to my head. I, I think they'll probably go in this year with Trubisky, Rudolph, and Haskins. And I know that doesn't flatter people, but they want a quarterback that can run. And they're going to play defense and take their chances. And maybe next year you're in the market for one of the better names. I look at the Steelers quarterback room, and it's one of the big things that held them back last year. And I project this going out for another season in 2022. And when I see names Mitchell Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, and Dwayne Haskins, that does not bring me a lot of confidence in the Pittsburgh Steelers going out and, and, you know, earning a playoff spot and making a bunch of noise. Because one thing we know about Mitchell Trubisky is he hasn't played great yet. He's a number no. two pick for a reason. I understand that. but I didn't love him coming out, all you know, all cards on the table. And it's not like I, he wasn't that cheap. Was he getting $9 million a year? And then there's incentives to go even higher. And essentially the Steelers probably want him to hit those incentives because that means right. he – is starting caliber, right? So right, to me, right, right. You, the Steelers signed an expensive backup that you're just hoping, and even if you draft a quarterback, and, and I, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, um, that you thought maybe the Steelers were not going to do free agent plus draft pick. Have you changed your mind a little bit on that? Because it, it seems to me you kind of still have to draft a guy, or at least you have to think about drafting a guy if one's there when you're on the clock at pick 20 or later. I think the only way they draft a guy is if Willis falls in their lap at 20. And to be honest with you, I still think they love him, but they didn't want to take the approach. They don't have a lot of draft capital and they pick 20. They don't pick 10. Uh, that's, I don't think they wanted to go into the draft that we have to get Willis or this draft is not as, you know, that, that's a bad way of doing business. It's not how they do business. So I think if he falls in their lap, they grab him. Again, maybe a Ritter or a Howe in the second round or maybe even move up 10 spots or so to get one of those type of dudes, maybe. Um, but gun to my head, I think they're going to go to camp with Rudolph Haskins and Trubisky is the one. i got to admit, I don't love it. I, I see more of the same. I think trend water a little bit there at quarterback for, uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But there is some <laughs> potential that you hope maybe there's, there's something with Trubisky. Yeah. Did he learn how to throw to the... The other side of the field, he, you know, he's been a one-sided quarterback, right, which is one of his right. biggest problems. Did he learn something from Brian Dable in, in Buffalo? I don't know, but a, a year that that year cleanser really helped Mitch Trubisky. I think. Two notes: um, if anyone that listened to the shows while I was in Indy, and this wasn't really a Steeler note, Trubisky's name came up every day, all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a lot of buzz around him there. A lot of it was to the Giants. Everyone was talking about keep an eye on Trubisky. People said people were excited about Trubisky and he didn't even play last year. So I never quite understood it, but whatever. And I want to commend you too, because my locked on dynasty co-host put out a tweet, you know, who has, whose dynasty stock has risen the most <laughs> in the last 24 hours. And I almost spit out my beverage when I read your response and you said the Browns, Bengals and Ravens defenses and special teams. Yeah. Which I like quite well. That was very, very good. Uh, thank you for that. Yeah, so we'll see. I, I, I don't love it for the Steelers. We'll see how things go with Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, the way I look at it is he didn't play last year, and if you had this signing for the Steelers uh, tw uh, 12 calendar months ago, 
I think everyone would have been like, what the hell? Mitch Trubisky's terrible. Why do you sign him to that deal? And he didn't play between then and now. So that that's where I'm looking at with Mitch Trubisky. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes with the Steelers. The other quarterback signing was uh, Teddy Bridgewater going to Miami. He's getting a backup contract, $6.5 million to back up Tua there. Colt McCoy staying with the Cardinals. Not much else happening uh, of note in the quarterback market yesterday and still some looming trades potentially out there with Deshaun Watson and Jimmy Garoppolo. That's Teddy's hometown in Miami. I think that is a big factor here. Mm-hmm. Not a ringing endorsement for Tua, though. It's not a... It's not that threatening. I don't it's think it's super threatening, no. But it's a, it's a this guy can start at quarterback if Tua sucks move. Yeah, the and they I have a ton it. of cap space. So, yeah. you know, the dollars to them aren't that big a deal. I mean, I didn't look at it like, oh, no, Tua's you know, not their favorite guy. Right. Not a ringing endorsement. Yeah, you know. there's, they, they probably don't really even know. You know, the the, the right, new coaching right, right, staff right. there is going to learn a lot about Tua over the next yeah. year. You'd be very comfortable with Bridgewater yeah. as a strong backup. All right, let's keep this going. We are going to get to some of our favorite, least favorite signings from day one and now day two of the tampering period before the league year officially begins tomorrow. And the Chargers and Jaguars, the two most noteworthy teams, I think, in free agency so far next. It is that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. I mean, BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL, Locked On experts around the league, covering all the latest stories in less than 30 minutes, Monday through Friday. And like all the shows here on the network, free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Matt, the universe, the most universally lauded, praised, loved moves from any team in the NFL recently. And I would caution, beware the team that wins the offseason. But right now, those Los Angeles Chargers are winning the offseason. And they came out swinging on day one of free agency after making some major moves before free agency to keep Mike Williams in-house and trade for Khalil Mack and then they go out and get the best cornerback on the market in JC Jackson and when you see some of the other numbers for other corners that signed in free agency they might even have gotten a deal because they didn't spend yeah. that much more for the best guy yeah that the numbers shocked me I mean um the aggression is great I mean first of all I didn't think Williams would return you know that happened right away uh, I like that quite a bit Keenan Allen's getting up in age different style then they go get Mack as you mentioned I mean and then Jackson I mean Remember, Staley comes from the Rams, and no defense is based more around their stars than the Rams. Well, now the Chargers all of a sudden have four stars, not two. You know, Mack and Bosa coming off the edge, Derwin and, you know, J.C. Jackson, who presumably will follow top corner or top receivers like he did. And I love it. And a big one of my favorite things about free agency is how do you position yourself for the draft, you know, like if the chargers went into the draft without making the defensive tackle moves, they did. We didn't really mention them. Austin Johnson, who's fine, but Sebastian Joseph day is exactly what they needed. Comes from the Rams where Staley knows them. 
perfect scheme fit, run stuffer. Their run defense was as bad as the Steelers, worst in the league. <laughs> and I kept thinking, well, Jordan Davis is going to go to the Chargers. Well, if you go into a draft saying we have to drift, draft Jordan Davis or bust, you're, you're pro- that's not good business. Now the Chargers look at it probably like, yeah, you could add you could add a Jordan Davis if you want, or maybe another receiver or a right tackle or best player available regardless of position. You know, like they don't really have massive needs except for maybe right tackle. It's so fascinating to me because the Chargers, everything coming into the season is, oh, man, got to fix the run defense, got to fix the run defense. Yeah, what yeah. do they do? They go out and get Khalil Mack, best pass rusher they could, <laughs> yeah. and get the best corner they can in J.C. Jackson. And I think it's awesome. It's it's almost the brashness of them saying, yeah, the passing game is still more important than the running game. And yeah. we'll play it cool, and, yeah, we'll fix the running game too, and we'll go sign a defensive tackle, and we'll see what they do in the draft as well. So uh, you, you have to love it for the Chargers. Um, I always, you know, the, the team that wins the offseason, it, it never works out that well in the regular season season so we'll see if the Chargers can buck that trend I think more and more we're seeing less of remember there's like the famous uh, Washington teams uh in the in the early oh, 2000s right. it would just Albert like Hainsworth. go crazy yeah. every offseason like oh my god they're gonna be amazing and, and they were yeah. just the yeah. same bad team yeah. every year uh I have a feeling things have flipped a little bit and we saw with the the other Los Angeles team and the Rams doing more big moves like that and it's really making a difference and uh man I think you really have to like what the Chargers are doing right now 100 percent and the key, I mean, I think this goes without saying, is when you have a superstar quarterback on a rookie deal, you're dangerous, man. Quarterback on a rookie deal, Matt. The salary cap exploding the next couple of years after this year. So you can afford to do a lot of things. And this is a team that's ready to compete in the most competitive division now in the NFL and the AFC West. So that, that's going to be a fun division. And look, uh, the Broncos, that news of Randy Gregory, they're trying to keep up. They, you know, they're, they're swinging for the fences as well. And the Chiefs have already done that for years too. So uh, can't wait for that one. Yeah. And again, I mean, I feel like I'm picking on the, I, I'm notorious for picking on the Raiders on this podcast, but Released Corey Littleton, signed Darius Phillips. That's that's their moves I'm looking at for the Vegas Raiders. That's not quite keeping up. No, and I heard they're in on, uh, multiple sources has them in on Stephon Gilmore. Um, it, was okay. the, it was the 49ers, the Raiders, and the Jets. The 49ers made their signing in Charvarius Ward, which, by the way, that just... I like that one, too. That makes the... Um, the J.C. Jackson signing, though, look all that better. I mean, $2 million more a year for Jackson over Ward. Ward's more of a CB2. Right. Jackson's a CB1. So, uh, see, uh, you really like that move for, uh, for, Chargers, for sure. the Chargers. And a lot of the other moves that we saw from day one, I like Ward, good player, starting caliber player. But a lot of money, and, and it feels like too much. It does feel like a lot. I mean, it's certainly a need for the Niners, as you know. I mean, he's a big man coverage guy. I wonder if they'll even ask him to do. You know, if they'll ask him to do a lot of that. I'm sure they'll treat him like a number one corner. I like the player. I like the fit. But you're right. Compared to like the Jackson signing, the big buck. Carlton Davis got three years, forty four and a half, to stay with the Buccaneers. I really think the the Bucks plans changed quite a bit when Tom Brady came back and, and that started with Jensen and, and Carlson Davis getting big deals. Godwin's on that one year franchise tag. So we'll t- see where things go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it might be a situation where they say, you know what, whatever, we'll kick every can down the road. We have to, and it might all fall apart in a couple oh, yeah. of years, but uh, right now we got to go try to win another ring and you can't oh, fault them for that. Cans left and right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Saints, Packers, Bucks. Those guys are kicking some cans. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So, uh, Stephon Gilmore, last top corner that hasn't signed yet. We'll see what happens there. Interesting trade with the Patriots this morning. They swapped with the Browns. Yeah, they brought in Mac Wilson and uh, really a couple of, you know, disappointing players for each team, I guess, just sort of swapping sides there. But uh, Chase Winovich, I mean, he was supposed to be the next young, great find for the Patriots and a pass rusher, and that fell apart quickly. Yeah, I, I I think that's his kind of just a minor deal where Mac Wilson gets replaced by JOK. You know, they're the same similarity type guys. Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden, you got guys like Judon coming off the edge for that, you know, role that they always have, that Ninkovich role that's always a, a hybrid type player. And you're right. I think it's just kind of swapping disappointments. So kind of a minor move compared to everything that's happening. But interesting. I, I love when tra- trades happen. What's the logic behind the move for both teams? Yes. Uh, Miles Jack released from the Jacksonville Jaguars today. So that sets up our conversation about the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I want to ask you, Matt, if you hate their moves as much as pretty much everyone else has universally hated what the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing with the money they spent on the beginning of free agency in the tampering period yesterday. And, I, and man, just the most active team so far in the NFL. Are there any good moves there that you like for the Jaguars and some of our other favorite, least favorite moves coming up? A big reason to repair and maintain your vehicle is to save money. And because chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and always reliably low. Just go head over to rockauto.com. The website is super easy to use. Find whatever you need for any, and I mean any, make or model of car or truck. rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers for 20 years online. They have everything you need. Tail lamps, motor oil, jumper cables, small parts, big parts, aftermarket kits, whatever you need to get your car looking and performing its best. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks and get it delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Just starting with linebacker for the Jaguars, releasing Miles Jack. I know they wanted to save some money on the cap there to do some of the other stuff they're doing. I believe they save $8 million by releasing Miles Jack, but they uh, they signed Olakun for three years, $45 million. Is that a net positive? What you, what, what's yeah. going on with the Jaguars there? That's just linebacker. Then you look at really the big... Move of the day was Christian Kirk. Three years, $72 million that could be up to $84 million with uh, incentives. Evan Ingram, one year, $9 million. Zay Jones, three years, $24 million. Uh, Brandon Scherf, I don't know what the money is exactly on that one, but it's going to be top of the market. It's going to be big, you know, $14 million or so probably. 10 to $14 million range for Brandon Scherf at guard. At least that one makes sense. You're protecting your young quarterback. Right, right. They had franchise tagged Cam, Cam Robinson, their left tackle. So to me, it tells me they're going edge rusher probably in the draft over one of those offensive linemen because they're spending on offensive linemen. I can't fault the the 
the Cam Robinson move. I can't fault the Brandon Scherf move just because you've got to protect your investment with the number one overall pick last year. But man, I think there's better ways to go about spending just about every other dollar they spent on the free agent market. Ah, maybe the Evan Ingram deal is okay. One year, $9 million. Maybe he becomes a you know a, an awesome seam runner for you in that defense and stretch things out over the middle of the field. But Christian Kirk, that's the big one. Uh, three years, $72 million. That's top of the market wide receiver money for a guy who I thought was going to get $6 million coming into this offseason as a wide receiver. Three, $20 million signing bonus, $37 million fully guaranteed. So that's $39 million over the first two years. So even if you say, okay, it's a four-year deal, uh, they're going to cut him after the first two years. Well, that's almost $20 million that they're going to have to give him for those first two years, even if it goes that way. So there's no way getting out of this one cheap early uh, in the deal. $12 million in incentives. Well, explain this one to me, Matt, if you can. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. I mean, big picture, you would think organizations, this is the poster boy, for spending like crazy on day one and then releasing a high percentage of those players for cap casualties a year or two later would kind of look at things and say, maybe that's not the best way to do things in the NFL. You know, but... Uh, they have not learned that lesson. Um, like you, their early moves made sense to me. Like, is Cam Robinson really a franchise left tackle for the second straight year? No. no. But everything in this offseason needs to be about making Lawrence a success. He's good enough. Leave him there. Fine. Okay. And then same as Shreff. I mean, like, I'm sure they overpaid him. We don't know that number. But he's the best guard on the market I don't think this is the same as them signing Norwell a couple years ago. I mean, Shreff's got a body of work that really stands out, assuming he can stay healthy. That's been a problem lately. And again, make Lawrence's life as easy as possible. Then they signed Fudasaki from the Jets, and that's a player I was targeting too. You know, teams that were run deficient. I think he's a very good ascending nose tackle type. But ten million for a nose that doesn't rush the passer was you know raised an eyebrow a little. Then Kirk happens, and I went, "Wow, you know, like he was another one." There was a lot of buzz in Indy. Like, don't be surprised when Christian Kirk signs a bigger deal than you think. Because before that, I thought you know you and I were saying this off the air. I'm like, eh, "Juju's leaving town here. Maybe Kirk could be a nice third guy for the Steelers. Get him at a pretty decent price." Not this. I mean, not paying him like he's Randy Moss. He's top 10. I mean, he's, got, he's making top 10 wide receiver money in the NFL. <laughs> right. I mean, he's a fine player if he's your third option. I mean, but not he's not going to be the man. I guess I, too, am fine with Ingram, you know, especially when you compare it to Najoku and Schultz getting a one-year $11 million deal for the franchise tag. I mean, it's I'm sure that that was where the jumping-off point was for the negotiations. And I also think it's smart to keep him keep him motivated on a one-year deal, keep a carrot in front of him, you know, and, and maybe he could play through injury or whatever a little bit more for you. And then U- Ulakong, whose name I, I just butcher, I looked at him too and thought, okay, he's a good second-level player. He's going to get paid pretty decent. But history shows paying off-the-ball linebackers in yeah. free agency is really, really bad business, you know, and they obviously didn't study that. Maybe he's better than Jack. Okay, but uh, I mean, that's not where I'm spending this the money, especially at that number. And then the one that just knocks my my teeth out is Jay Jones for three years for $24 million. I mean, he had a couple of good games for the Raiders, but 
you could have got him for nothing a couple months ago. I mean, nothing. I mean, he was on the street. And you can't tell me a second or third round pick isn't better than Zay Jones. It doesn't cost you $24 million. That's that's what doesn't make sense in all this. You can There's too many good receivers every year in the draft. And right. the Jaguars have drafted some very talented receivers recently. It's not a talent problem. I think there's been a True. development problem. So are you really getting well, that much better? For... Interrupt you for the millionth time. Sure. You know, now they're talking about trading Chenault. I mean, yeah, exactly. Have some patience with your draft picks ever. So DJ Chark goes for $12 million on a one-year deal, which I love. I mean, I would like sign yeah. Chark all day long over Kirk for what the deals I'm they close, got. Right. And it's funny because PFF I'm looking at right now, Pro Football Focus had them uh, ranked back-to-back on their wide receiver rankings list. One went for oh, okay. one went for almost $20 million a year, and the other guy got a, a one-year $12 million contract. So that's, that's pretty telling. So it's been a development problem, not a talent problem with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And um, throwing money at wide receiver threes and making them your wide receiver ones and twos, and then moving on from Shark and Chenault is is bad business in my opinion. I understand mm-hmm. that the Jacksonville Jaguars, though, if they want to compete in free agency, have to overpay, and that's where they're at because they're they're a franchise in a bad spot. Not a lot of people probably are running to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars, so they have to break every tie with all these guys, and they have to overpay everybody. But sometimes you got to just sleep on it and, and wait for the next day and say, "Look, okay, Zay Jones, if you've got a better offer for another team, then go take it. I'm not going to give you three years, twenty four, and especially the Christian Kirk thing." So, yeah, um, I don't think. People are banging down the door to play for the Jags. Last note on the Jags. I'm thinking about Cam Robinson. It is just a one-year franchise tag deal. Is that just a placeholder? Maybe they even move him over to the right side for a rookie, or they draft one of these rookies at number one overall at offensive tackle and start him out on the right side, or even start him out at guard. Like I've, I've heard some talk that Icky is a good spot, uh, a good uh, potential guard. So maybe you have Sheriff on the be. right side. You, you put the young rookie next to Cam Robinson at left guard, then kick him out the second year. So I guess it doesn't really change anything from what you're doing at the top of the draft if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I'm not sure what to think of that. I mean, I think signs indicate by signing Shreff and keeping Robinson that you'd prefer Hutchinson possibly. But to your point, Icky to me could be like a Quentin Nelson type of guard. <laughs> I mean, I know that's maybe a little too high, but I mean, he is built to be a offensive line before he settled in, you know, because they're so talented. So, I mean, having too many offensive linemen with spots to put him in isn't the end of the world. I mean, Jonathan Ogden came in the league and played guard his first year at 6-9. Yeah, that's true. And that, that was the way that teams used to do it. I mean, every prospect used to sit a lot more. Some of the some yeah, Hall of Fame yeah. guys that were first-round picks would sit. The guys don't sit as much in, in the NFL anymore. And I think some of this money we're seeing is why. Because you just can't afford it. Because you can't have all these – you can't have 22 veterans walk in and play for you because it's too darn expensive. Right. I mean – and I always bring it back to the Niners and Steelers, but I, I bring this up all the time. Like a first round pick on the 78 Steelers or the 84 Niners. I mean, yeah, they make the team, but they don't even have a, there's nowhere close on the depth chart to make an impact. First round pick. I want to go to safeties really quick here before we go okay. because there's some interesting notes. Quandre Diggs got a massive deal. He's a really good, underrated player He's for the player. Seahawks. Yeah. But, you know, three years, forty million for a safety. That's a that's a big money contract. And then the Kansas City Chiefs, who have their own free agent in uh, the Honey Badger, right? Tyron Matthews, right, right. a free agent, and it looks like they're going to move away from him. They signed 
Justin Reed from the Texans, three years, $31.5 million. So now that means Tyron Matthews sitting on the market along with Marcus Williams, two top safeties on the market. Uh, that market is developing slowly at the top, but Quandre Diggs helped them out quite a bit by saying, look, we're better than that guy, and he just got three years, $40 million. Yeah, I, I do think that's an interesting spot there too. I mean, Justin Reed is a versatile, younger honey badger. I, you know, Matthew in his prime is the better player, of course, but I guess that makes some sense. Um, you know, Bates was franchised. You mentioned Diggs got a big deal, which he deserves. But you're right. I mean, even Marcus May and Whitehead, those guys are quality players. Marcus Williams and Mathal, though. I mean, Matthew. I mean, they're probably two of the most coveted guys on the market, I would think, right now. Are you surprised by the Devondre Campbell signing by the Packers, who are up against it with the cap and, and having to do some gymnastics, and then they go out and, and spend, like we talked about, you know, bad you know, off-ball linebackers, not really the place to spend a lot of money. Maybe it looks better right. dollars-wise than the three years 45 that Olakun got, but uh, Devondre Campbell, five years, $50 million. Yeah, I mean, he's a good player. One good year, though. I mean, one really good year. Not that his other years were bad, but, I mean, one killer year. They're, they're running it back, though. I mean, I kind of get what they're doing with Campbell. Is We found a guy, finally, to lead the defense and take care of the second level. And we're trying. We're in it to win it. We talked about how they're kicking the can. You know, I, I, I'm not spending a lot of money on linebackers, though, unless they're as athletic as you know, White or Roquan or Leonard. I mean, you better be a star. The edge market is interesting. It hasn't quite developed at the top. Does that mean there's massive money to come? Uh, usually the biggest money is announced on day one. If the Broncos went out and got Randy Gregory, do the Cowboys go get Vaughn Miller now? We got Chandler Jones, Jadavian Clowney, some big names at the top. Emmanuel Ogba, we didn't mention mm -hmm. that signing. The Dolphins were pretty active on day one. They signed... Uh, they were really active, yeah. Ogba a to a four-year, $65 million contract. And Hassan Reddick yeah. got paid. He had that one-year show-me. I mean, I don't think anybody got helped out more by a one-year show-me deal last year than Hassan Reddick, who signed with the Eagles for three years, 45. Yeah, and a lot of this, you know, we'll, probably next week we should just do uh, two divisions a day or something of what they've done or something yes. along those lines or division per segment or something like that. But I, I look at that Reddick deal. Remember, he played at Temple. You know, he goes back to Philadelphia and every mock in the world almost has the Eagles taken a D end with one of those three first round picks. Maybe they don't now, you know, again, just kind of eliminating draft needs, I think is, is relevant. I've always liked him. I thought he kind of got the short end of the stick in Arizona, but you're right. I mean, there's some big name edge guys, but they're all old, you know, Von Miller, Chandler Jones, David Clowney, Ingram, Houston, Hughes, you know, Pierre Paul, I wonder if a lot of those guys are going to be looked at as let's use you in a rotation while we draft one of these stud edges and be a mentor and play 50 snaps a game, not 70 or 40 snaps a game, you know? All right. Oh, oh, oh. This is, oh. <laughs> we've got we to gotta finish up this podcast. And this last report might be the way to end it because I'm going to need some time to process what I'm reading right now. Jordan Schultz is reporting that Deshaun Watson is also now meeting with the 49ers per league source. He says, I'm told the Saints remain the what? front runners. 
The Saints remain the front runners based on trade assets and their desire to acquire the 26-year-old superstar quarterback decision likely by tomorrow. With how insane 49ers Twitter has been recently, um, this report is something I didn't need to read today, and it doesn't make any sense at all to me. Uh, I know the 49ers were – look, if, if Deshaun Watson's offseason – Lance would have to be in the deal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right, uh, or right. going, you know, three-way some type of deal somewhere. But right, I assume right. that, you know, Lance might move the needle for a team like Houston. But um, this seems just really far-fetched. So I don't even want to go too far down this road right now. But I think Watson's agent's a master. I think, it's, the more I think this about is this, right? definitely coming from the agents. Um, does he – does – does I mean meeting with Watson is very different than meeting with Watson's agent. So uh, I'm not sure about this one, but I if if I will say this: if Watson didn't have his legal troubles last year, he might be on the 49ers already. The 49ers were mm-hmm. ready to spend some picks, and I think right, Watson right, right. and they were interested, and that was already reported. The 49ers might have already made that deal for Watson, and and it would have been Watson in San Francisco. And I think they obviously, for obvious reasons, had to move off of that idea, and that maybe is what was the catalyst to them just saying, "Screw it, we're going to go up in the draft and get the best quarterback we can." There, do they love Watson that much? Where they think, "Well, look, we would have given up the same amount of picks anyway, so maybe we can make this work and go get Watson now." Um, I don't know. That's. Uh, I mean, again, this is breaking news, and I know it's your team, but I don't. I'm, I'm looking at it if I'm Houston's GM. It's like, okay, I want Lance, and your picks stink. I don't. You know, you're not giving me any enough picks for me to. Uh, you're not going to give me Bosa. You're not going to give me Warner. You know, like who's the first contract guy that I could steal off you, Ayuk? You know, I mean, I'm, I'm straining a little bit here to say what could you give me to make it worth it. It's, yeah, I mean, there, Watson is a long-term thing. Like, Brady is a one-year, let's go win the Super Bowl. If, sure, sure. Uh, you Watson's know. the next decade. <laughs> right. Watson is, that's your answer long-term. And so you must not have liked, just, just having a meeting really makes me worried about how the 49ers feel about Trey Lance. Because until now, anything, uh, I was like, yeah, you know, whatever, it's Trey Lance's job. Uh, but then Maybe you have to you, it, you yeah. go down such a, a, a line of thinking of okay well what the heck were you doing trading up for a guy that you didn't have that much conviction in d- drafting and developing in the first place you know what was the plan last year where is the plan period like what is going on here so um, I have a feeling this is the agent having a lot of fun and right, trying to right. kick up that last offer from the Saints or because. There's some team Green, Green Bay and Kansas City might be the next names on the list. Well, you know? it's, it's it's telling because <laughs> yeah. it, right exactly, and it's, <laughs> it's funny because that um, that report mentions the 49ers and the Saints. So, me being the cynical dude that I am, I'm what I'm reading there is that Watson's agents trying to get a, a last and final best from the Panthers, who are not mentioned in that report. Because he's leaking other yeah. names, and the Panthers aren't being mentioned. I think the Panthers are probably the hottest on his trail. So we'll yeah. see if I'm I right. Think I don't know. With Carolina and the Saints, uh, the Saints are magic. I don't know how they're going to fit that under the salary cap, but they always do. I think they're messing with Carolina. The more you say that, like, guess who else likes them? The Saints and the Falcons. The, You're going to have to play against them. Yeah. Give us more. A you team know, in your division. More. Give us more. Uh, or um, team. Last note. I know we need to go. We just said Marcus Williams is on the free agent market. He is now a Raven. That makes tons of mm, sense to me. Like it. You know, going back to Ed Reed, Earl Thomas, they want a single high stud, and that's exactly what he is. Perfect fit. There it is. Uh, in a future podcast, Matt, uh, we got to talk about one of the value signings. I liked that uh, the Steelers signed 
James Daniels, yeah. uh, offensive yeah, lineman from the Bears, and I think we can kind of picture what's going to go on, a lot more movement, especially with the quarterback in that offense under with Trubisky and more athletic offensive linemen that that team has added recently in Pittsburgh. So we'll, we'll have an opportunity to talk about all those things when we go. Yeah, I think that's the right way to do this. Once everything's settled, go division by division and check in on every single team and, and how those teams look going into 2022 before the draft. Yep, absolutely. All right, great stuff. stuff. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen. I'm sure tons of big moves are to come. And, wow, the NFL never sleeps. There's always some big story. And uh, now I have to go do a podcast about this 49ers Watson news on Locked On 49ers. Check (laughs) out Matt uh, with your second listen doing Locked On Dynasty Football. There's a Locked On NFL Draft podcast with Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy every day right here on the network. Matt and I back tomorrow covering it all right here. Peacock and Williamson.